So, True Crime Islanders, tonight on Special Edition, I maintain the rage with updates on the Grenfell Tower disaster and the Matthew Levison case, and some more on the fucktard Bernies. I'll have listener questions and Twitter bits as well. So grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is True Crime Island Special Edition. Okay, so let's have a look at what the papers are saying about the Grenfell Tower disaster. It looks like it's brought down a few of the officials that in the past neglected residents' concerns over safety in the properties they were in charge of. One very offensive chap by the name of Nicholas Paget Brown, and this is according to the ABC, Nicholas Paget Brown, the Conservative leader of the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea, said, he had to accept responsibility for what he described as the perceived failings of the council. Perceived failings. Mr Brown, you need to go and have a look outside at the charred remains of one of the towers you were in charge of. The charred tower that still has the remains of some of your constituents still inside. You see, Islanders, Fire Stick Nick was holding a council meeting that he wanted to have held behind closed doors, but a court order forced him into letting media and residents attend. So, he just shut down the meeting. That gave the opportunity for other politicians to get their two cents in and call for his resignation, in which he did. And then the scumbag said, As council leader, I have to accept my share of responsibility for these perceived failings. In particular, my decision to accept legal advice that I should not compromise the public inquiry by having an open discussion in public yesterday has itself become a political story. So let's blame everyone else, Nick. Judge Cambo sentences you to live in the burnt-out remains of Grenfell Tower for 20 years on welfare. Also, Rock Fielding Mellon a Conservative who'd been in charge of housing for the council, stepped down as deputy leader. Robert Black, the head of the management company that ran the 24-storey building and oversaw a renovation that included the installation of flammable cladding, also resigned. The resignations occurred as evidence emerged that the management company which started the renovation in 2014 had chosen a less fire-resistant form of cladding to save nearly £300,000. This is just crazy shit. Anyway, next up, we've, we've got a fake news item that there was a baby found alive 12 days after the fire. I mean, some people are pretty sick, sick, I say, to think that's funny. I mean, people will see it and they'll think it's real. I mean, what the fuck? Anyway, in regards to this cladding, let's get back to the cladding. Well, the Grenfell fire shows that deregulation and austerity are fine if you are fine with the third world conditions it brings. Corporations have a mission to increase the wealth of their shareholders so it is so tempting for them to cut corners to save money. I mean... They do risk analysis on everything they do. Imagine the meeting 
where they discussed to put non-fireproof cladding on a building instead of fireproof material. All they would care about is the dollar saving and just hope it doesn't kill anybody. I bet you none of the people that made the decisions about this actually live in houses made of it. As the authorities start safety testing other buildings across the country, as of Friday, nearly 150 have failed fire safety tests. And that's nearly every one of them they've tested. Police last week said that they were considering filing manslaughter charges over the Grenfell disaster and they were conducting a wide-ranging investigation that would look at everything that contributed to it. Police said cladding attached to the 24-storey public housing project during a recent renovation failed safety tests conducted by investigators and they said that they seized documents from a number of organisations. They said, we're looking at every criminal offence from manslaughter onwards. That was Detective Superintendent Fiona McCormick. Good on you, Fiona. Go after them. We're looking at all health and safety and fire safety offences and we're reviewing every company at the moment involved in the building and refurbishment of Grenfell Tower. Good on you. Jerry sent a link through about a couple of the faces involved in the scandal. Now, first up, we've got the lovely fire consultant, Carl Stokes. Now, according to the Daily Mail, now this is the Daily Mail, Carl's job was to inspect the high-rise block and he advised the Kensington and Chelsea Tenant Management Organisation, the KCTMO, to hide the failings from both the residents and the London Fire Brigade. You see, he told them about a loophole. A loophole where you don't have to give a copy of your fire, fire risk assessment to anybody, not even the fire authority, and if you do give them a copy, this could be used against you at a later date. He went on to say that withholding his report from London Fire Brigade was important because they have the power to undertake an audit of the fire risk assessment to determine if it's suitable and sufficient or not. Now, wouldn't you think that's a good thing to see if your fire risk assessment is good or not? Anyway, Mr Stokes added that such scrutiny would in turn lead to the KCTMO being forced to implement additional fire safety measures. Measures which would have been expensive for housing bosses. So, you'd think that the KCTMO would be shocked to learn how their advisor would recommend such a method, a measure. But no, no, no. In 2010, the KCTMO wanted to hire a consultant who was willing to take on fire regulators over their demands. In a letter notifying the KCTMO directors of Mr Stokes' appointment, housing official Janice Ray, that's Janice Ray, W-R-A-Y, wrote 
that not only did he, and this is Stokesy, offer the best quality at the most competitive price, but controversially, he was also willing to challenge the fire brigade on our behalf if he considered their safety requirements to be excessive. For fuck's sake, these people really all need to go to jail. Okay, safety failings at Grenfell Tower in Mr Stokes' assessment, this is the assessment the London Fire Brigade wasn't allowed to see, included a failure to test emergency escape lighting, to inspect escape staircases, and to maintain fire extinguishers. He wrote in the 2012 report, the fire extinguisher in the basement boiler room, the lift motor room, the ground floor electrical room, plus other areas were out of date according to the contractor's label on the extinguishers. Some located in the roof level areas of Grenfell Tower had condemned written on them in large black writing with the last test date of 2009 or 2010. Now this was years ago. They knew about this and the Residents Action Group has been on their backs for years about this. Now in accordance with Mr Stokes' advice, the KCTMO has consistently refused to release copies of fire assessments for Grenfell Tower. It, and it's impossible to obtain these documents by submitting a freedom of information request because as a private body, the KCTMO is not subject to the Freedom of Information Act. So, last night, speaking outside of his home in Oxfordshire, Stokesy told the Mail on Sunday, I've been advised not to say anything. I don't want to be stitched up because, frankly, I'm the little guy in all of this. If others want to leak stuff, they can, but I don't want to get involved because of the inquiry. Well, Mr Stokes, you're the got mine, fuck you, hero of the week, mate. Well, there you go. Now, this was years ago that the fire risks were known by not only officials, but also the residents who warned that it would take a disaster with loss of human life before anything would be done to address their concerns. Next dickwad we come to is Mark Allen, who is a technical director for the UK arm of St. Gobain, as owner of Celotex, which produced the insulation used in the tower. Allen is a member of the Building Regulations Advisory Committee, which makes recommendations about industry regulations to Community Secretary Sajid Javid. Allen gets to advise the Secretary of State in England on making building regulations and setting standards for the design and construction of buildings. So, the people that say whether something is suitable to use as a building material are the ones selling it. Look, I don't know about you, but I can see a bit of conflict of interest here. But, I like this bit. RS5000 was supplied for the £8.6 million refurbishment of Grenfell Tower and was coupled with a Renault Bond PE cladding and aluminium cased rain sheet, which is also flammable. 
The insulation, according to Celotec's website, has a Class 0 rating under UK building regulations, meaning it has the highest rating for preventing the spread of flames and prevents the spread of heat. However, now this is the important bit, in its health and safety data sheet notes, the products will burn if exposed to a fire of sufficient heat and intensity. How about that? And last thing about Grenfell is that the residents are still being charged rent. Now, that sounds really bad and it shouldn't have happened, but it was probably because the banks have everything automated now and I'm sure now that it's got media coverage, it will be all sorted out ASAP. Let's hope. Last little bit. Now, there were reports of people coming from all over the country trying to claim aid as if they were one of the victims of the fire. Cockwombles. Okay, that's enough about Grenfell Tower at this point. There's just a small update to the Matthew Levison case I featured in episode 4 and in my first special edition. The remains were confirmed as those of Matthew and his family have released a statement. Here it is. It It is now being confirmed by DNA testing that the remains found were of our beloved Matty. And this is from their Facebook page. Our family would like to thank everyone from the bottom of our hearts, especially our family and friends who have stuck by our side unwaveringly throughout our journey of finding our beautiful son, brother, cousin, soulmate, best friend and friend. So, now the final chapter. Will they get justice and will Michael Atkin end up in jail rather than walk the streets a free man? I know he was acquitted and he did a deal to get immunity, but we all know you did it, Atkins. Be a real man and go confess as to what really happened that night. Scumbag. Now, last episode I did on the Bernies, the serial killers from Perth. Those assholes that went on a serial killing rage in 1986. Now, there's a little bit extra that I'd, I either missed. I, I missed a bit. And uh, anyway, there's speculation that the Bernies were responsible for the disappearance of Cheryl Renwick in May 1986 and Barbara Weston in June 1986. Now, according to Missing and Murdered, which is on the web, uh, the details of uh, of uh, Cheryl Renwick, uh, she was last seen on the 25th of May 1986, her age was 33. Uh, she was born in 1953. Her height was 162 centimetres. She had light brown hair and blue eyes. Her complexion was fair. And she was last seen wearing a dark tartan skirt, pink skivvy and brown boots. Now they say Cheryl Renwick went missing from her South Perth unit overnight under unusual circumstances between the 25th and 26th of May 1986. Despite extensive inquiries by police and family, uh, 
and and comprehensive media coverage, there's been no information regarding her whereabouts since then and concern is held for her welfare. Cheryl Renwick vanished without a trace in May 1986 and that was less than six months before the Bernies were arrested for abducting and killing four women. Now, according to her daughter, Michelle Renwick, who was just 14 when her mother disappeared, said she still clearly remembered her then 33-year-old mum being terrified in the months before her disappearance that there was a man and woman stalking her. Cheryl Renwick's car was found abandoned at Perth Airport the week she disappeared but police found no sign the single mother of two had travelled by plane or bus and her bank accounts remained untouched. Now, this is strikingly similar to when the Bernies dumped Mary Nielsen's car after they killed her near the police station as they thought no one would look there. I reckon they parked the car at the airport to put investigators off the scent. The cops would then have to put resources into seeing if Cheryl had taken off interstate or overseas. So I reckon they could have done it. Next is Barbara Weston, 38. Now Barbara was last seen drinking at a pub on the Albany Highway on June 26, 1986. Her skeletal remains were eventually found in bush near Caragalan, and suspicion has also fallen on the Bernies who considered suspects in this case. Now, I haven't got any more information at this point. Lisa Mott, who was 12 years old. Lisa Mott vanished on October 30, 1980. She was last seen getting into a panel van on Forest Street Collie after a basketball game. Her body's never been found. Although in Lisa Mott's case, David's ex-wife reckons he was with her that day. Now, whether or not that's true, but uh, Bernie did have a panel van at some stage. So mm, the jury's out on that one. So that's about it for the Bernies at the moment. All right. Now, let's get through some listener posts. I'm going to shout out to Christy Lee, Lindy Beaumont, Kelly Ann. I'm glad I made your day with the flashing of the wanger. Uh, Heather says, wow, you weren't joking when you said this week was shocking. Yikes. I don't want to give any spoilers, but the one girl who was still alive in a grave made me sick to my stomach. Now, that's in reference uh, uh, to the Bernie episode. Anyway, Heather, um, imagine, imagining that is happening is terrifying. I mean, you know, I often lift, listen to podcasts in bed with the lights off, and as it's audio, you do have to imagine the story as it goes along. And then when shit like this goes down, you really can get a sense of the brutality of the scene. One minute you're going along in life, trying to get by the best you can, healthy, safe, and then suddenly your world is turned into a nightmare. In Denise Brown's case, 
She was young and a bit naive, and in and she trusted everybody. Only 21 years old, and had probably never come across anyone really that bad as the Bernies. Of course, she'd jump into the car with a male and female offering a lift. I mean, that would be safe, right? But the next thing you know, she has a knife at her throat. For the rest of her short life, the last few hours, she would be petrified. I guess wondering if they would just assault her and let her go. And there must have been a moment when she realised she was going to die. No one would ever want another person to have to experience that sensation. Well, when I say no one, I mean not normal people. There are just so many monsters out there as well. Now, you may think I advise to delete your browser history as humour, but in what I say, there is a sinister side to that, in that you never know what is going to happen. So please be prepared. Now, Kelly says rocks are soft until you touch them. I'm just wondering if that's a typo. Christine says, shout shout out to my Kiwi at Wild Ginger. I'm grabbing a beer and pulling up a dick cheer. Woohoo! Now, that sounds more South African than Kiwi, sorry. I I usually do a pretty good Kiwi accent, but I think uh, if I think about it too much, I go South African. Anyway, uh, James has uh, three more people listening in. So don't forget to spread the word, people, that True Crime Island is weekly now. Now, Mary asked for what the fucks. So there you go. Hope you're not disappointed, Mary. Uh, Penny, she agrees with my analysis of the Bernies. Fucktards. And so does Caroline. That's good. Good to see. Uh, Roseanne. She says her husband cracked up when I spoke about serial killers. Now, I don't know. Have I got a dry humor or black? Dry or black? I'm not sure. Anyway, D. Sativa. Keep it real, mate. A big shout out to Ed Denzel. He interviewed me this week, my first interview, interview. So I hope I didn't ramble on too much. But he will upload it soon on his great podcast, Unfound. Search for him on Facebook or on iTunes and whatever uh, podcast app you use. He's doing a really fantastic job. Now, Unfound is a missing persons program concentrated on interviewing family, friends and reporters who are closest to the cases. You really need to check this out. It's really good. Hi to Tara and Barney from Bloody Murder Podcast. Check that out. That Tony Q, thanks for all the support. Hi, Laurie and Maria for all your retweets. Greg and Jason, looking into your requests as well. Thank you. Hi to Damo. West showed today that even a broken watch tells the right time twice a day. Now, Danielle, thanks. I try to make this podcast just like sitting down and having a chat rather than a formal documentary on a case. That's why I some, sometimes I won't get bogged down into too much detail. 
Just relax and listen with a drink. Hi, Frankie and Elaine. I'll keep up the good work and thank you very big. Now, a big welcome to all the new Islanders. Everyone's behaved so far, which is great. Go for your life and discuss the cases as they go. I've got two more from Thailand I'm looking at doing, so watch out for those. I need the lovely Katie to help me with those, please, Katie. Jerry, Heather, Mary, Jason, Cheryl, Ariel, Chelsea, Christine, I've got the magic mirror and it's romper room. Thanks for helping me to maintain the rage. Jerry, she is my foreign correspondent in the UK. So uh, keep it coming. I love it when posts are shared to the island. I can I can include any news events you like into the special editions. Now, next thing, merch. I don't know what to do with the merch at this stage for those outside North America. Look, I've had a look at a few other places but I'm not too sure if they're any better value. Look, I'll try and sort some stuff out if people want to get some T-shirts, mugs or whatever, but uh, just hold on to that. But stickers, I should have stickers really soon. At least I can just pop those into an envelope and send them off. And shags, the stubby coolers are coming, mate. Intro music for the special editions. This will happen getting DJ Andrew to look at it and also looking at freshening up the usual normal episode intro as well. Patreon. Just to let you know that for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the island. I'm currently giving away a general admission ticket for the My Favourite Murder in Sydney on September 11 or a True Crime Island t-shirt for those who are outside of Sydney. Now, all you have to do is to become a patron member and uh, to to be in the draw. In the future, there will be more prizes for patron members as well. And that goes for anyone who donates via PayPal. I'd love to thank my current members. James Sanger, Heather, Kevin, Lindy, Ariel, Carol, Rebecca, Fiona, Jerry, Kathy. Jason, Joe, Allison, Narelle, Sarah, Valerie, Brooke, Diane, True Crime Fan Club, Kimberly, Canadian True Crime, Jackie, and Joe. Thank you all very much, and welcome to the island. Now, my first goal to upgrade my headphones has been achieved. Thank you very much. I was able to replace the old Beats headphones that the ear pads had perished on. They were leaving little white dandruffy bits all over my ears. Now I've upgraded to Sony MDR7506 reference headphones. Now apparently they're pretty good. And thank you very much. Don't forget the website is www.truecrimeisland.com. You can stream or download all the episodes there. Of course, there's links to iTunes and Stitcher, plus the RSS feed, links to Patreon. And if you want to support the island via PayPal, that's cambo at truecrimeisland.com. Join the Facebook discussion group at True Crime Island. There's also Twitter and Instagram, which is at True Crime Island. Okay, that's about it 
for this special edition, True Crime Islanders. Look, don't forget to delete your browser history. And we've got a short promo from Nina from Already Gone. So enjoy and good night. I'm Nina Instead, host of the Already Gone podcast. Each week, I share stories of the missing, the mysterious, the murdered, and the lost. Stories that I share tend to focus on Michigan or the Great Lakes region, and they're stories you may not have heard before. I hope you'll join us.